Um, we're continuing tonight with James chapter three uh, in, our, in our verse by verse Bible study of James. Um, if you haven't heard the first two, like, well, the first three, really the introduction and then everything from chapter one and chapter two, you know, you don't have to go back. Um, but, you know, I, I would I would encourage you in your own time to go back to the to the Buzzsprout page to, to listen to the first two parts, because um, it really sets up who James is, um, why he teaches the way he teaches uh, and things like that. And so it might help you out a little bit um, just to get that background. Um, but again, you know, like we talked about in the, in the introduction, James doesn't have this escalation or this buildup in, 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 in his teaching. He, he, I mean, his book reads like the book of Proverbs. And so you can jump in in the middle and still get a lot out of it. Um, but again, I'm loving the Tuesday night and um, uh, when we're doing the, um, the homeless outreach, you know, Charles and I were talking about the book of James. I'm loving the verse by verse Bible studies that we're doing. We're jumping in the Bible, you know, and just going verse by verse in these books. Um, Galatians was great. Uh, we're going to, we should be done with James by next week. I'm assuming the goal today, and I always talk about the goal. The goal today is to try to get through the entire third chapter, but we'll see if we can get through the, through the, through the entire, entire third chapter, uh, of James. And, um, and the next book, you know, might be first and second Peter, um, uh, once we're done with James, but one way or the other, uh, hopefully you can catch up on the Buzzsprout page and check out, um, check out uh, James, our introduction and the first two chapters. But tonight, with our verse-by-verse verse Bible study, we're in James chapter 3. We're going to start with verse 1. Uh, let's pray. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for everything that you've done for us, Lord God. We ask that as we read your word, Lord God, as we jump into your word, the Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord God, that the seed of your word will go into our hearts, the Heavenly Father, and that nothing will rob us of that word, the Heavenly Father, but we will receive it, Lord God. We will live it out, and we will see the fruit, Lord God, of your word being made manifest in our lives, Lord God, that it will, number one, help us to bring glory to you, the Heavenly Father, that we will see the benefit and reap, Lord God, uh, those seeds that harvest the Heavenly Father, but also that we will preach it and teach it to others, Lord God, that they may know um, uh, of you, Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so James chapter three, uh, a verse-by-verse Bible study. So here's the thing. So we talked about it in the introduction. It's kind of been a theme every, every time we're, we're doing this book, every single uh, part of James, um, where we talked about how James reads like the book of Proverbs. I mean, if you read chapter one, you read through chapter two, you'll see a lot of wisdom. Uh, you, you'll see a lot of application. James is not a doctrine book. James is an application book. James is, is okay, now since you... Uh, are a believer, uh, and, and, and since you claim to be a follower of Christ, here's how we live. It's a how we live book. Um, and he speaks from so much authority. Remember, we started doing this in the last chapter, uh, in chapter two, where James was doing a lot of his teaching. We paralleled what James was teaching with what Jesus taught. See, James was able to speak with so much authority on the application of how we should be living now, simply be, not because he was making it up, not because he was giving his opinion, not because he was, you know, like, well, you know, I'm going to tell you what I think is the best thing for you to do. He was literally just teaching what Jesus had spoke before. That, and, 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 and let that be a lesson to all of us, that, that as we begin to... Uh, 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 you know, encourage one another. And as we begin to be, you know, if you have accountability partners or as you're encouraging one another and you're teaching the word and, you, and you've got your small groups and you're going back and you're teaching this stuff to your family and to your friends, uh, we have to understand that our authority comes from Jesus. It's not my opinion. James is literally just speaking and teaching principles that Jesus taught. He's just saying, apply this stuff to your life. 
Um, and that's what we that's what we have to do when we start veering off into our own opinions and we start veering off into, well, this is what I think that this is trying to say. And this is when we get messed up in that kind of stuff. And so James teaches this stuff. He's not teaching doctrine. He's teaching life application. But remember, we did this in lesson two. And so if you got to go back to here too, go back to here too. How we how we how, and we'll do some of this tonight uh, as well. How how James parallel the teachings of Jesus in its application. This is exactly what he did, okay? And here we go. Let's go with, with verse one, a verse-by-verse Bible study from James. I'm, I'm reading NLT. Uh, here we go, verse one in chapter three. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, and so remember, we talked about how he, he, he doesn't have this progression, but how he has these nuggets. In chapter three, we see kind of a, a switch up in the flow where as opposed to, you know, every two to three verses, a different thought or different kind of wisdom nugget, he, he kind of, for 12 straight verses, go on one subject, and then he closes out on another one. So he's really addressing two things here in this chapter, which is a bit of a change of pace uh, for the book, because he doesn't spend this much time on many other things. And not only is he spending a lot of time on this one thing, he mentioned this one thing before, which talks about how important it is. James chapter 3, we're going to look at the first 12 verses. He's talking about the power of the tongue. He's talking about the power and the things that we say. He's talking about the danger. Now, here's the thing. Yes, the power of the tongue, but he spends a lot of time talking about the dangers of not controlling your mouth. How many of us can be a witness to that? The dangers of, <laughs> I see you, Anna. He's talking about the dangers of not controlling what comes out of our mouth. The danger in just saying whatever comes to mind, the danger of not being able to close our mouths like we talked about. I, I see you, Mom. Watch it. We're we, we going to have to take our time here. He's, he's not just talking about the power of the tongue because we talk about that. You know, I have, I have what I say and we talk about the power of the tongue. No, he's talking about the dangers of not being able to control what comes out of your mouth. Here we go. Verse one. We haven't even started reading it yet. Verse one, dear brothers and sisters, okay, he's talking to believers. Remember, we talked about in the introduction who he's talking to. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you, watch this, should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Let's stop right there. He says, brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Now watch this. Uh, uh, let's go down to, 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 to Luke 12. Because remember, we started this in, in, in um, uh, uh, last week where we're doing the side-by-side -side comparison and we're seeing how what Luke is teaching is, is, is what Jesus taught. Now, when he's talking about judge, we understand what he's talking about um, uh, in the times, right? Now, watch this. Jesus, in Luke 12, 48, is saying the same thing. Uh, watch this. Uh, now, when you look back in Luke 12, if you start at 35, you're going to see that he's talking about uh, 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 the end times, like when he comes back, right? Now, when we go to 48, watch this. Jesus says, but someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly. Watch this. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. When someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. This is what James is saying. He is saying that, listen, don't, he, he, he's, now watch this. He's not saying that you should back away from teaching the gospel. And he's not saying that you should, well, I don't want to teach now because I don't want to be judged on this stuff. No, 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 no. You're going to be held accountable for what you know, and what you say anyway. And so we're going to get to that in a second, but watch this. He is, he's not saying to back down, but what he is saying is we should step up to that challenge and step up to that requirement and live up to that call. Now watch this Ephesians one. Let's go to Ephesians one real quick. 
Y'all know how we do in Bible study. We, we flip through. Here we go. Ephesians 1. Uh, 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 here's Paul. He says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Why, in, in, in King James, says, to walk worthy of your calling. This is all that is. It's saying, look, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged, judged more strictly. We're talking about the fact that we should walk in a way that is what? Worthy of our call. That was uh, uh, Ephesians 4, verse 1. Sorry about that, Crystal. Ephesians 4, verse 1, talking about walking worthy of our call because we've been called by God, all right? Now, let's keep reading. He says, he says indeed, we all make mistakes, okay? Watch this. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. All right, let's take a second here. He says, okay, so we all indeed make mistakes. Uh, uh, this is coming off the, 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 the uh, first verse where he's talking about, you know, those who teach will be judged more strictly. He says, but indeed, we all make mistakes. Romans 3, 23 says that we have all sinned and have come short of the glory of God. Watch this. I'm not any better than you. You are not any better than me. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Um, uh, for some reason, look, it looked like something popped up on my screen here. Okay. Look, I had an update or something happening. We don't need any updates right now. Here we go. Um, because we've all sinned. And so, and so, and, 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 and so what he's saying is, is that indeed we all make these mistakes. Uh, Romans 3.23, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of the God and, and, and glory of God. And as a matter of fact, if we turn to 1 John, let's go to 1 John 1.8, because we got to establish these things here, right? Now watch this. Uh, 1 John 1, uh, eight. First John 1 John 1.8 says, if we claim we have no sin, okay, watch this. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and what? Cleanse us from all wickedness. It says, if we claim that we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. We are just establishing the fact that when James is sitting here talking about the fact that we all have made mistakes, that we all have acknowledged the fact that we are imperfect and that we all have sinned, there is no reason why I cannot be more patient with Sister Karen. There's no reason why I can't be more patient with Russ because his sin may be different from mine, but the truth of the matter is we all have sinned. Now he gets into this whole thing about controlling the tongue. He says, but if we could control our tongues, it's still verse two of chapter three, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every way. Let's keep reading. Verse three, he says, he says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth and a rudder uh, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn when the pilot chooses to go, uh, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing, watch this, that makes grand speeches. Here we go. But a tiny spark can set a forest on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for it is easy, uh, for it sets on fire by hell itself. Now watch this. You understand how he's talking about the dangers in what we say. Understanding the fact that what we say is powerful. Verse seven, he says, people can tame all kinds of animals. Look, he says, uh, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. 
It is restless and evil, full of deadly poisons. Here we go. Watch this. He says that we, we, we can train animals to do exactly what we want animals to do, but we cannot train our tongue to, to, to not say things that we know we ought not say. Come on, y'all. He says, he says uh, now watch, watch verse 9. One of my favorite parts. As a matter of fact, before we go to verse 9, um, uh, 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 let's, let's go, I want to go back to 2 because this is a very important part where he says, for if we could control our tongue, this is the beginning of this whole like, kind of dialogue about how evil the tongue is. He says, if we could control our tongue, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Come on, yeah. Listen, but this goes back to what he said in chapter 1, verse 26. If you claim to be religious but can't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. What he is saying is, is that, watch this, that you can claim to be religious, but if you can't control the things that are coming out of your mouth, your religion is in vain. But also, he says, if we could control our tongue, we would be mature and perfect and can control ourselves in every other way. Mastery, mastery of the tongue would, 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 would show a, a maturity of a person. That means this person can also control themselves in every other way. Man, that is, that is deep when it comes to being able to control what we say and be able to control our tongue. Watch this. And, and, and that's not just what people hear, okay? That's things that we say even if I think I'm in a room by myself and nobody hears it. And so it's easy for me to sit here and try to, you know, tell Charmaine off, being Charmaine's not in the room and nobody's in the room. And so I'm letting her have it, but I'm the only one in the room. It, it, it's what you say, even if someone's in the room to hear it or not. You know what you say, and you know whether you can control your tongue or not, or whether you need to say it uh, or not. Okay, here we go. Let's go back to James. Uh, we were at verse uh, uh, nine. Watch this. Sometimes it praises the, our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. I'm going to read that again because he's talking about our tongue. And, and, here, and, and here he's bringing up this interesting dynamic that I think we all go through, okay? Now read this. Don't, 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 don't point at me if you see me in this scripture. Look, you got to look at yourself, okay? This ain't for nobody else. This is for us. This is for me, okay? He says, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Verse two. And so blessings and cursings come uh, pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can draw fresh water from a salty spring. He is saying, listen, we cannot control this tongue. Sometimes it sings praises to God, and the next thing you know, it's saying curses to those that God has made. That, 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 that from this tongue comes this, come the praises to God, and the next thing you know comes filth, right? And watch this. He says, and so blessings and cursings are pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Now watch this. Have you ever been confused sometimes by the things that come out of somebody else's mouth? Okay. Have you ever been confused sometimes where somebody will say one thing and then the next day they say something else, something totally different, right? Now watch this. Have you ever been confused by some of the things that come out of your mouth? Okay. 
have you have you ever said anything? Because everybody, okay, I know who says that. Sometimes this person says this, and they saying that, and now they saying this. We all shook our head. I mean, not only did we shake our head yes when I said, do you know somebody? We shook our head with the sad yes. Mm-hmm. Y'all know how we do that? I saw, I could hear Crystal and Sierra both at the same time going, mm-hmm. I heard, I see you, Charmaine. I see your hands. I see you. So, it's, so, we, so we've seen it in other people. But the question before you today, saints, my brothers and sisters of the Lord, is have you ever been confused by the things that come out of your mouth? That if you were to write these things down and you were to say, yesterday I was saying great is our God, and today I'm saying something totally different. Okay? I see you. That's right, Ma. Yeah. Or uh, 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 one day I'm speaking these praises to God, and the next day I don't know whether I'm, I'm, I'm a believer or not based on the things that are coming out of my mouth. Okay? Okay, now watch this. Here's the thing that's interesting about this. Um, uh, uh, one minute, you know, speaking of blessings, the next minute, uh, uh, we're, we're not. Now, here's what he is saying. We don't have to be fake. We don't have to pretend like this is not us or we haven't seen it. He is just saying, brothers and sisters, this is not right. I just have to acknowledge that, listen, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I do this and I understand that it is not right, that I have to acknowledge and admit the fact that it's not right, okay? That, yeah, sometimes this is coming out, sometimes that's coming out, but I can go inside and we're gonna see what Jesus talked about to try to fix the things that come out of my mouth because it's easy, watch this, I can control my mouth and try to, and try to put guardrails on the things that I say, but the real issue is, is what's in my heart because what's coming out of my mouth is it starts inside of my heart. So the issue is, how then do I change my heart? How then do I change what's going on the inside in my mind and in my heart? How do I change the inside so that what does come out of my mouth, watch this, is blessings and not curses. It's like it says in Ephesians 4, where it says, let the things that come out of our mouth be things that are edifying to the hearer, right? And that should, you got to go back and listen to our, to, to our series, Speech Therapy, that the things that come out of my mouth ought to be things that are edifying to the people that hear it. And if it's not edifying to the people that hear it, then maybe I shouldn't say it, right? And so what happens is, is I can control my mouth and watch what I say and watch how it comes out. But once my heart starts to be cleansed and once my heart starts to be clean, the things that come out of my mouth will reflect what's in my heart. Because that's all that happens now is the stuff that comes out my mouth reflects my heart. Okay, let's go to Matthew 12. Okay, yeah, we're halfway through through this chapter. Matthew 12. We're just going to look at what Jesus talked about. Matthew 12, uh, we're going to go Matthew 12, 33. And we're going to read to 37. Because remember, we talked about James and this authority by which he teaches application. It's one thing to teach from authority with doctrine because you can go to the book, you've got the teaching. But when you talk in application and you're speaking with authority, that's a whole different uh, 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 thing. You can go back to the, the introduction to kind of get more on that. Um, uh, uh, Matthew 12, 33. A tree is identified by its fruit. This is Jesus speaking. Again, this is James, when he's talking application, literally teaching what Jesus taught. Oh, man, if the body of Christ, if, man, if the church would just teach what Jesus taught without adding things, without accessories, without all the other stuff we try to put on it, without our opinions, without psychological studies and and, and evaluations and surveys and stuff, if we would just teach what Jesus taught, you know. Uh, anyway, let me, not, let me not go too far. Here we go. 33. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You broad of snakes. He's talking to the, to the Pharisees. He says, how could evil men like you speak what is good? For whatever is in your heart, watch this, 
determines what you say. And remember, we talked about the heart and that heart trans- transformation, how, it talks, how the Bible talks about how inside of our heart is nothing good and the heart's got to be clean and that within it is the filth and the evilness that actually comes out of what we do, right? Watch this. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. I tell you this, you must give an account here we go. Remember, James opened up the scripture, opened up uh, chapter three, talking about um, don't be quick to say you want to teach because we're going to have to give an account for what we say, right? Now watch this. I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. Remember, we talked about not just, not just the words I speak that people hear and they were wrong, but things where I'm sitting in my room and I'm fussing that crystal in my head, those words that come out of my mouth, those are idle. I'm going to have to give account for every idle word that I speak. Those words, watch this 37, you say will either acquit you or what? Condemn you. This is James teaching y'all about the power of what we say. Go to Luke 6. Go to Luke 6. We'll be able to finish this chapter tonight, and we'll be done in seven minutes, I think. Luke 6. Anna, be sure to tell Russ we said what's up. Uh, 640, uh, let's go to Luke 6, uh, verse 45. Here we go. Now, again, because remember, we're talking about what we say. This is, this is, James is taking this from Jesus. Here's Jesus. Watch this. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes and grapes are not picked from bramble, uh, bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from your heart. And so, and so, but watch this, it, but it reflects this, the sanctification process where I'm still growing, I'm still, and so don't, I mean, don't get, um, uh, don't think that you are evil because something sideways comes out of your mouth. It doesn't mean that you're evil. We're all still in this process where we're still growing and where our hearts are being cleansed. This is why James is saying it shouldn't be this way. He says, listen, and so you got blessings and cursings pouring out of the same mouth. That is happening, and that happens, and we'll see it reflected sometimes in our own lives. But we have to make sure that we control what we say, and that heart is being cleansed, and, that, and as our heart continues to be cleansed, as we continue to go through this sanctification, and as the Holy Spirit continues to lead us, you'll see that thing. You ever been in a situation where it's like, yo, back in the day, I would have told them off. Oh, man, this, I would have I had a total different reaction had this been three or four years ago. But that's because you're continuing to be clean. And as you're continuing to be cleansed, and as God is working this thing out in you, the things that you say are starting to change. And you even start to shock yourself. You start to shock your, 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 your soul, your soulish man. You start to, to, to shock your flesh. You know what I mean? Uh, by the things that you either say or by not saying uh, 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 something. Um, so here we go. Um, don't forget, when you look at Proverbs 21, 23, it talks about those who guard their mouths uh, and their tongues keep themselves from calamity, okay? That's Proverbs 21, 23. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Remember, we talked about how James read just like Proverbs. Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruits, okay? So we see the importance uh, there. Let's keep reading. Uh, chapter 3, 
uh, 18. Uh, we're going to start at 13. Chapter 3, verse 13 in James. So he's off the, he's off the, the, the tongue thing in, in, in what we say. Verse 13, if you are wise and understand God's ways, watch this, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there are selfish ambitions in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying for jealousy and selfishness are not God's uh, kind of wisdom. Now let's slow down right here. Let's go back to the to, to 13. If you are wise and understanding God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. Watch this, uh, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. Now watch this. Again, similar to what Jesus taught in Luke 6. Let's go back to Luke 6. If anybody needs these scriptures, just let me know, and, and I'll, I'll, um, when I'm done, I'll type them in the, um, in the thing, in the chat. Luke 6, this parallels verse 13 in James. This is, he's just teaching what Jesus taught. Luke 6, let's go to 46. We were just here. He says, so why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you do not do what I say? This is Jesus. So what James is saying here is if you're wise and understand God, then prove it by living in an honorable way, right? And doing good. Jesus says the same thing. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, if you're not going to do what I say, right? All right, let's keep reading. He says, uh, 14, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. Here's an interesting thing. And we see it. I think we see this like big time in, in, in our culture now. Listen, he says, don't, don't try to cover up if you, if you are bitterly jealous uh, or there's selfish ambition in your heart. Don't cover up the truth, okay? Don't cover up the mess or the truth about what's in your heart by boasting, meaning, uh, which is to praise oneself excessively, okay? So, so don't try to hide the mess that's in your heart by trying to boast on yourself and make yourself look good uh, uh, or by just straight up lying. It is amazing that sometimes we'll see um, uh, 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 or we'll attempt to try to cover up insecurities or we'll try to cover up something. Uh, And you see it a lot on social media where we try to make something look better than what it is. Or we'll try to boast about how great I am and I'm this and I'm that and I'm this and I'm that. When really inside, I know my mess and I know I'm not all that. And so I'm either boasting about something, trying to cover it up, or I'm lying. And he's saying, don't do that. There's no reason to try to cover up the truth about what's going on inside your heart. Verse 15, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are what? Earthly, are unspiritual, and then he says are demonic. Come on. That that kind of bitter jealousy and selfishness are not only is it not God's wisdom, that type of stuff is earthly, it's unspiritual, and it is demonic. It says, for, whatever there is, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, watch this, you will find disorder and uh, evil of every kind. I'll read 16 again. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. And sometimes we see it, whether it's in work, whether it's at church, uh, whether it's in church leaderships or whether it's in, you know, families and things like that, when we see jealousy and we see this selfish ambition, 
Uh, and it's funny how, we, you know, how he's closing out here with selfish ambition. And he started the whole thing talking about not many of you should become teachers in the church. But he says, when we see this kind of jealousy and we see this selfish ambition, we, he says, you will 100% find what? Disorder and evil of every kind. He says, but wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. Watch, this is how you know you're dealing in the wisdom of God, because there won't be any jealousy. Uh, there won't be any selfish ambition. There won't be any boasting. There won't be any lying. There won't be any kind of cover-up. There won't be any kind of disorder, right? He says, but the wisdom from God, first of all, is pure. Number one, it's pure. Uh, it is also what? Peace-loving. The wisdom of God will always lead you in a situation with someone else. The, the peace of God will always lead, the, the, the wisdom of God will always lead me in a way that will try to have me uh, 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 solve things in a peaceful way with Anna. It will never make me want to, you know, um, uh, uh, yell and scream and, 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 and you know, make Sierra a fighter. Uh, that would never happen. That's not the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God will always lead me in a way that's peaceful. Uh, loving. Watch this. Gentle at all times. It's amazing to me how sometimes people catch themselves, you know, while I'm giving you hard love, but they say things in such a harsh way to other believers, and they say things in such a hard way saying that they're correcting them, when the Bible tells us that it's peace-loving and gentle at all times. Watch this. And willing to yield to others, willing to defer and to step back in a place to put someone else first. Amen always willing to yield for others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. Watch this. He talked about this earlier in chapter two, and it shows no favoritism. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And we talked about this in um, one of our earlier lessons, this, this last verse. Uh, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of, uh, of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. We talked about that when it came to how to deal with people. What was that? It was part two of the Jephthah uh, thing about how to, how, to, how to deal with people who treat you bad and then they need you uh, later on. Uh, remember Jephthah, his family, you know, turned him away and his stepbrothers and his father and all them treated him bad. And then, you know, he, he left and was kicked out, wasn't given his inheritance. But then when there was war, because there was, he was a warrior, there was something in him they needed. Then all of a sudden they came back and wanted to, <laughs> wanted to be nice and kind to him. Uh, and so we talked about the, the power of peace and the power of being a peacemaker and how, um, and, and, and there are several scriptures, and we went through this, where when we talk about peacemakers, it is directly tied to righteous and righteousness and be called the children of God. Um, and how that's kind of like our, uh, almost in our DNA, and that's, and that's who we're supposed to be as uh, children of God. So um, uh, that's chapter three. We got through chapter three. We'll do chapter four um, and, and maybe chapter four and five uh, next week. So again, don't forget, Thursday is the prayer call. Anybody who needs to, well, we'll send out the prayer call information on, on an email or text, and everybody here that I see uh, gets it one way or the other. Um, and then Sunday, we're back on at 10 uh, a.m. on the Zoom call. And then next week is the same schedule, except two Sundays from now, we'll be back out in the streets feeding um, the homeless down there in, in, in downtown D.C. Um, also, we're expecting, um, we're expecting a, a donation of uh, fresh like fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. So if you know any families who need groceries or if any families on this call need some groceries, uh, let us know. Um, they hadn't come yet. I'm just, uh, they were supposed to come this weekend, but um, the contact said they didn't have it yet. So whenever they get it, we'll be distributing it out. Um, so um, 
if anybody knows anyone or anyone needs anything, just let us know. Let me or Sierra or somebody know, and we'll make sure you get it. Um, so yeah, um, uh, let's pray. And uh, if anyone needs the scriptures, let me know. And uh, yeah, we'll get going. 